Welcome to episode 285 of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. This show was recorded on Friday 29th of October 2021. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA. Jensen USA, where you will find a great selection of products at unbeatable prices with unparalleled customer service. Check them out at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast, and of course, I'm one of the hosts and producers of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast since 2006. For show notes, links, and other information, check out our website at www.the-spokesman.com. And now, here's my fellow host and producer, Carlton Reed and The Spokesman. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, and today I had the honour to meet with a bunch of health professionals on day six of their ride from London to Glasgow. This is the Ride for Their Lives rolling demo, and they left on Sunday, 24th of October, from the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children. There are a core bunch of 30 or so riders with additional day riders joining from different cities en route. Most are children's healthcare providers and they're riding to Glasgow to deliver an open letter to political leaders gathering at the COP26 climate conference. Polluted air causes an estimated 7 million deaths annually and of course shares the same root causes as the climate crisis. We discuss this and much more on this episode of the Spokesman Cycling Podcast. The riders were heading to Carlisle and I jumped between the groups to record audio with as many folks as I could grab as we were riding along or stopping for breathers. We left from Newcastle's Royal Victoria Infirmary in pouring rain. And first off, I interviewed the CEO of Great Ormond Street Hospital, Matt. Sure. Well, I I thought I did. Well, I did. But the radio mics clearly didn't like the rain, and they turned themselves off without me knowing it. Very gamely, Matt agreed to be interviewed again later in the ride. But first, here I catch up with Dr Mark Hayden, one of the co-organisers of the ride. Mark was recently awarded as Active Travel Campaigner of the Year by London Cycling Campaign as you'll soon hear. So, I've, Mark, I've caught you up. Yeah, just through Ovington. Yeah, well route, done. Sustrans Route 72. Is it? I don't know. I'm following my little well, kiosk, this, this is, and I'm just a, looking, looking at that. And It's a beautiful route now. I mean, it was a bit hairy coming out of Newcastle. It was, yeah. Uh, but now the rain stopped, and you're now in, you know, the, the tyne is to the side of you. Yeah, it's lovely. There, but, but it's a beautiful route. Yeah. So, um, Mark, tell me who you are. Me? Yes. Uh... Well, I'm a paediatric cardiac intensive care consultant in London, which is a bit of a mouthful and largely irrelevant. That mainly pays my, pays my salary and like allows me um, actually more time than you'd expect um, to concentrate on what I think for me is the most important thing I can do at the moment, which is dress, addressing the climate health emergency. And like we all know with COP26 coming up, the situation that we're in, but not everybody's actually doing anything about it. And you, know. you, you do lots of stuff, because you were active travel 
campaigner of the year just yeah, recently was, with the London Cycling Campaign. That well was done. a surprise. I didn't apply. <laughs> <laughs> you just do, Mark. You just do. Yeah. So what, how did you get that award? What do you well, do in London to, to make people sign up and notice? Well, I think they mentioned this, the Ride for Their Lives, which we'll talk about in a bit, I'm sure, um, uh, as part of that, because it does fit in. You know, there is a strong association between cycling, cycling infrastructure and riding. But the main thing I was really doing in London was initially focusing on our staff at Great Ormond Street at the time of the pandemic, um, mainly, um, and getting cycle infrastructure sorted within GOSH. So we actually used a mob called Cycling UK, who you've probably heard of. Yep. Um, and they have something called a cycle-friendly employer scheme. Um, and I think I wrote some, one of my usual angry letters to an MP or something. I think there's a MP cycling group. And they wrote back and said, why don't you talk to this guy called James Palliser? So basically I got together with him and we, we got Gosh to be the first NHS trust to be a cycle-friendly employer. And, of course, because I always have to overdo things, we made sure that Gosh was a gold cycle-friendly employer. So that gave a lot of opportunity for, you know, changing structural things, like parking is the main thing you really need, showers, stuff like that, but also information sharing and encouraging people and groups that help others riding along, all of that sort of stuff. Now, you're so, riding an electric bike there, which might be the sound that people hear. It is, yeah. Uh, is, is that what you normally ride? Is that your, is that your everyday bike? Apart no? from when it gets stolen, which is either if I ever leave it on the street, which I never do anymore, or if I was on, I think, Cycle Route 1 or something, one of the Sustrans routes going north up the Lee Valley when I got pulled over by a couple of guys, threatened to be shanked, and they relieved me of my previous bike, which was a much more expensive one. But so this is, is a better bike, so I'm not sad about that. So is that one of the things that you do at Goshton? You make sure that number one, well, not number one, but certainly one of the major things is the people who are coming to, to, to work on their bikes have got to have somewhere secure, really secure, yeah. especially in London. Yeah, it's got to be behind our swipe-carded staff system if they're staff. So was there one already, or have you put that in? Well, funnily enough, the guy who actually thought up this ride, um, Vince who's just up ahead of us in a group called Silky Oak. Um, he's been sort of working on that for years. You know, he's sort of been running that for years. And actually, when I sort of got involved with him, there was a lot of secure cycle parking at Gosh, which is an unusual situation. But nobody used it. You know, there was one section that people could easily get into, and that was always full, and all the rest you couldn't get into because you had to ask the security guards for the right door to let you in. So there was all of these barriers, which were the easiest barriers in the world to kick over once you got organised and did something about it, and you organised an active travel group, which we did, rather than a bicycle users group, which I, I think are a, an impediment to everything. Okay. I don't like bicycle users group. They just focus on cyclists. And I'm interested in active travel... And cycling's a great part of active travel. But, yeah, so it's for that bit, for the cycle-friendly employer, a lot of it was stuff I just did by talking to people. And I didn't need money and I didn't need changes, um, so that was fine. But the junction at Holborn where the paediatrician who works at the Evelina, there's a bunch of Evelina riders riding with us, was killed. 
at the beginning of August. Yeah, it's not long ago. I can't do anything about that. The only, you know, that needs to be changed by... We're Where going are you right going? here. Have you got this on your, your app? Yeah, yeah, there? going right here. Okay. And we're on commute. Um, you know, the only people that can actually change that are Camden and the mayor and some clever people who understand how to design a junction, which isn't me. So that was really the next step. And it wasn't a conscious step. You know, it was just... I've roughly got my staff cycling. I've roughly got them safe. And now someone's been killed, and that could have been one of my staff. Mm -hmm. And several Gosh staff have been killed near Gosh, and one's been killed on that junction before. And everybody knows about it. The mayor... Camden, they all know about it. They all know it's wrong, and they're not acting. So people are only going to act if they've got the money to act or they've got the inclination. So really that's when I sort of moved further into the advocacy quite air. And I think that's really why the LCC gave me this award, which they probably just made up this year. As far as I know, I don't know. But well, so the I think it was around the advocacy. That was so the main thing. Advocacy in London. Yeah. Let's segue to what you were saying there about Vince and coming up with the idea for this ride. Yeah. So when did you start planning this? Why did you start planning this? How did you start planning this? Yeah. Well, I did talk to Vince about oh, that. We have lost your group, by the well, way. Let's just drop the pace then, because yeah. it's hard for me to ride lead and... No, Whatever. sorry, so, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you away from your role there, sorry. Yeah. Should we just talk yeah. stationary for a we, bit? I we've think that'd be good and maybe have a chat with Sarah. <laughs> so, Sarah, do you actually, you don't work in the Bristol Children's Hospital, do you? you your mum's coming and you're here to support your mum, aren't you? Yeah. How old are you? 17. Nice, you're, the, you're our youngest then, because Toby's 18 and oh, um, cool. one of our other riders who left us in Sheffield was 18 too, so you make, you make our youngest rider. We were just talking about how the ride came about. It's the electric bike, you see. Well, it is, I'll tell you what then. <laughs> Turn it off then. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're back together, I think, almost. No, it's off now, and it's, you're right. Now I, don't, now, I don't, now I can use my legs to tell me the pace to go rather than my, <laughs> rather than my mind. I mean, I don't need electricity on the flat. Um, should we go back to yeah, well, how, how it came about? when? So Vince is up ahead, and... and, yeah, and, so and Vin- when, when, maybe? When did this all come well, together? As, as, as I said, I, I just was saying, I was talking to Vince just on the ride the other day and we were going when did we think this up and he goes oh, I'll go and look for the email um, and he hasn't done that yet because we've been a bit busy but I would say it's about a year ago now nearly a year ago and the way it came about was the fertile ground of the safe active and sustainable travel group which I was talking about which is better than a bug because it focuses on how people get to work um, in any method other than a car, basically, um, including hybrids, hybrid methods, not hybrid cars. Uh Um, And we were just in that group and we declared the emergency or we were about to declare the emergency, which we all know is a bit of, you know, what does it mean when someone does that? So we were sitting in the group going, what can we actually do? What actions can we take that are real? So that's when Vince said it. We all said, well, that's a stupid idea because Glasgow's a long way away. But about a week or so later of it sinking in and people thinking about it, the next time we had the meeting, we said, that's a great idea, and we've been planning it ever since. So that's how it came about. 
So it's always going to be the COP26 was the goal. Yep. To tell world leaders that things are going to change. And then there's a letter from 45 million. So tell me about the, the letter from 45 million health professionals. Right. Which is basically well, what you're carrying, is that? Well, we're carrying a series of, of messages, really. I mean, obviously, just what we're doing is a message, um, and perhaps the most powerful one, because we're doing it with our bodies. Um, lots of letters and things like that have happened in the past. I guess the main thing we're trying to do differently is to get people to read them and then get people to act on them. Like Greta says, we know what the problems are, we know what the solutions are. None of it is difficult. None of it is tricky. We can fix this completely easily, and we could have done 20 years ago. What's missing is the will. So that letter that you're talking about is the healthy prescription, um, and it's been signed by I don't know how many people, but the, the number you're quoting is the organisations that have signed up to it and how many people they represent. And that's basically a very simple letter, and I couldn't tell you at this point the exact wording... But very simply, it talks about a just and rapid transition away from fossil fuels. Um, it doesn't mention cycling at all, and nor should it, because that's just a method to do that. But in addition to that, the Royal College of Paediatrics of Child Health, and we're cycling with the college pre president today, Camilla Kingdon. She's, oh, which group she's in? She's in Sequoia Group. Is that I ahead think of us? They're... Are they ahead of us or behind us? Good question. <laughs> I think, no, I think they're behind us. OK. So Camilla Kingdon, she's a neonatologist at the Evelina, colleague of the lady who died. Mm -hmm. um, and she's the, she's the uh, president. And that college on Monday this week um, uh, put out their statement. So we're carrying that. We're carrying the letter. And we're also carrying a letter that came from Geneva, from the World Health Organization. Um, a letter and a report which came out very closely together, which Dermot, um, who's the head of, uh, head of health, climate change and health at the World Health Organization, cycled from Geneva to London to give us. And then I, I was lucky enough to cycle with him from Geneva to, from uh, London to almost Oxford, where his mum lives, and he turned off left. Um, and so all of those documents represent what we want people to hear. So we're not trying to say what we want them to hear all the time. We're trying to direct them to the experts, to the adults in the room, and to tell them to listen to them. We're healthcare professionals. We're not climate scientists. But we know that this is the greatest threat to our patients and that if we're not... Um, uh, uh, protecting the planet, we're not protecting our patients. So that's the simplicity. That's the um, synthesis, I suppose, of our message. And if you clean up the air for people to breathe, that at exactly the same time mitigates against climate crisis anyway. Well, I can't... I mean, humankind is very inventive, but I can't honestly think of a way that you could reduce pollution and make air quality better but make the climate crisis worse because they're both the same thing they're both caused by the burning of fossil fuels and fossil fuels are coal oil and its derivatives and gas so you need to stop doing both of those things and both of them work together but the problem in the uk 
well, it's not a problem, but one of the issues in the UK is making it relevant to people. And, you know, floods and typhoons and all of these terrible things that are affecting billions and billions of children across the world aren't necessarily direct, directly affecting people in the UK. But air quality is, mm-hmm. but they don't know about it. They should know about it. It's, again, like the climate crisis has been known about for years, but the truth has not, not been told and the focus has not been on the right place. So that's why we're, we're using air quality, because it's a direct impact on t- children all over the world, and particularly in the UK where COPs are taking part, and our initial target is UK health workers and then health workers more broadly. We're not aiming to speak directly to the public. We want to speak to healthcare workers. We want us to all realise it's our jobs, as our colleges say. Um, And then it would be nice if politicians listened, and even better if the general public felt that we were trustworthy people who were speaking the truth. So I guess that's the bottom line. So I'm glad I had a battery there, otherwise I wouldn't have been speaking at the top of this hill. So trust medics? Well, they trust nurses and pharmacists, I think, at the top. Um, medics are sort of not at the top, quite appropriately, I think. And that's why we're not medics. You know, there's a few doctors, but um, we've got doctors and nurses and OTs and... What's speech OT, therapy, sorry. occupational therapists, okay. speech and language therapists, pharmacists. We've got electricians that work in estates. We've got sustainability professionals. We've got young people who either used to be or even still are patients of gosh. We've got, we're not a bunch of doctors cycling to Glasgow. We could have been. That would have been way easier to organise. <laughs> there are millions of doctors with Lycra and carbon fibre bikes that I could have brought along. But I didn't want to, not because I don't like them, some of them are my friends, but because we're not going to get people cycling by sticking to the same old um, stereotypes. We're going to get people cycling by making everybody feel welcome. So that's really the message. And we're not going to fix... Old white men like me aren't going to fix climate change. You know... um, We've tried that. Look at all of the sort of conservation efforts and stuff that's failed in the past. The only solution is diversity. So if we weren't following that as a principle on the ride, I think it would have been pointless doing the ride. Well, Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around in a minute and I'm going to try and get some other people... See if you can find Camilla. That'd yeah, I'm cool. going to try and get some other groups back there. Right. Camilla, first of all, yes. we are... Where are we? Well, we've just come out of Route 72. You're now going into, into Corbridge. Is this your first day with the ride? How many it's days my, have you been? It's my only day with the ride. So I've come up from London to do Newcastle to Carlisle. Nice. And, so and you've had you picked the rainiest day. I know, I know. But you know what? It's like late October. I was actually fully expecting it to be cold and wet. Yeah. And it's not particularly cold, so no. yeah, all good. That's good, yeah. 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 Right, Camilla... 
tell us on tape who you are and you're the president of a, a, an august organisation, so yeah. tell us that. So I'm uh, Camilla Kingdon and I'm a consultant paediatrician and I'm the president of the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health. And where do you normally do your doctoring? So I, um, I work at the Evelina London Children's Hospital, which is in central London. Now, sadly, a, a colleague of yours was killed she was. on the road in very August. Near the, very near the college. Yes. 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 So is that... I know this has been planned long before, but are there colleagues who would have known that person, oh, that paediatrician? I, know. I, I knew her. So Absolutely. She worked in my hospital... She, um, so her, her name was Marta Kravich. Yes. Um, she was a consultant um, paediatric allergist. Um, and in fact, she and I went, went to Cairo together to run, uh, I was running a conference with paediatricians in Egypt and they were desperate to hear, learn more about allergy and she volunteered to come. And so we spent, in fact, I saw the pyramids with her. So it's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, she was cycling through central London. It's a route that I do very, very frequently. Um, everybody in London knows that interchange. And I think she was the seventh or eighth person to diet it. Um, so it's absolutely heartbreaking. Let's look to the future. The Royal College has got a new policy yes. on climate change. When was that announced and what is it? This week. So we've launched our climate change um, statement and this is on the back of us declaring um, a climate change emergency uh, back in 2020 um, on the, uh, in fact a group of our members brought it as a motion to our annual general meeting and of course it was passed unanimously um, there was clearly no, no argument to be had about that but what was it's, it's one thing passing a motion um, that we've declared a climate emergency it's another thing to do something about it and so what we've got is um, we'd look, we, we put our call out for volunteers. We had 80 paediatricians volunteer. And so we've divided them up into five work streams. And we've got a work stream doing, looking at the research in relation to impact of climate change on children. We've got another work stream um, looking at how we advocate for children and young people in terms of... So a bit like the cycle ride. You know, this is about raising the awareness about the impact of air pollution on children's health. So that's the advocacy group. There's a group looking at international... You know, the impact on global child health. So we've got these series of work streams and they've all got some um, targets to achieve. Um, and this, we're sort of at the beginning of our journey, but we very much see this as a continuous effort in the college over the, over the years. Like, you know, until we've solved the problem, we're not uh, going to stop the work. And does cycling hook into that? Well, cycling, of course cycling hooks into it, because you're not burning a, a fossil fuel in your engine. Um, and so, you know, many of us cycle anyway um, to work. I, I commute to work on my bicycle. Um, and I think this particular cycle ride grabbed people's imagination because, you know, it's a good hard slog to Glasgow. You're putting yourself out of your comfort zone, um, but you're really kind of trying to you know, get the message out that the children's lives are impacted by poor air quality. And, you know, a, a, a nine-year-old died not far from where I live, in fact, in South London. Um, Ella. A few years ago. Ella, exactly. And, you know, it was a landmark case because the coroner ruled that air pollution contributed to her death. But there's a wider issue in as much as 
that this is also about health inequalities because we know that children from the most disadvantaged backgrounds are more impacted by poor air quality and other aspects of climate change than children from advantaged backgrounds. Um, and actually, sadly, globally, children in the poorest countries, where actually they're probably causing l the least impact on the, on, um, the planet, are the most affected in terms of poor air quality, dirty drinking water, etc., etc. So this is a real child health issue. Earlier in the morning, and long before I circled back to talk to Dr Camilla Kingdon, I had become disconnected from the groups after some of my recording equipment fell from the bike. A rider in fluoro yellow kindly dropped back to be with me. I didn't know it for about 15 minutes or so, but this was Dr Mike McKean, a name I was actually familiar with because A, he treated one of our kids, and B, my wife knows him well. My wife is a hospital paediatrician, you see. She should have been on this ride, really. Anyway, me and Mike rode at Tempo to the town of Prudder, where we were expecting to meet with the fast roadies who had gone ahead to buy a replacement tyre following a blowout. Instead, we got to the bike shop first. And while we were twiddling our thumbs waiting for the group, I used my dried-out radio mic to talk first to Mike, and then, when the roadie group finally arrived to Janet Poon, who had ridden off earlier with my other radio mic. Boy, that's a lot of mics. I know, let's be professional. Here's Dr McKean. OK, man, let's just walk across here. And while waiting for the rest of the fast road group to, to arrive, we'll use one microphone, because yeah. uh, the other microphone's up the road there oh, yeah, with yeah. Janet. <laughs> no idea where they are. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike, we have arrived outside... Well, it used to be bike highwayman or bike repairman. Giant Newcastle. Giant and Newcastle now. It's the two companies. Yes. So yeah. we're kind of in the cycle uh, area of Prudder. Yeah. And we are waiting for the crew because we've had a bit of a mechanical. So we've had a bit of a tyre that's uh, burst. So the crew, I guess, hopefully will arrive quite soon. But in the meantime, let's, let's talk to you, Mike. Yeah. So, Mike, tell me, first of all, who you are, even though I know who you are, because my yeah. wife knows you. But anyway, who, who yeah. are you, Mike? So I'm, I'm Dr Mike McKean. I'm a children's respiratory consultant at the Great North Children's Hospital. And I'm also clinical lead for the Child Health and Wellbeing Network in the North East Cumbria. So that's basically children's well-being. So not just their physical health... Yeah but also what they're breathing, their mental health, their exercise, all of that kind of stuff. Is that Yeah, but also, also a lot of it's about education too and early intervention, I think. Um, I've often thought, you know, that, that we, we've got some fantastic people working in children's health um, all over the country, really. But we shouldn't forget that actually the children's workforce in the UK is massive. If you include our social workers, our voluntary sector, but most importantly, our teachers... And I think we've all got a, a part to play in supporting our kids to become as healthy as possible. That's both physically, mentally, uh, but also in their learning, their education, so that they can reach their potential. And now you've been on the ride since day one. So you joined in London. You're from up here, from, you're yeah. from Tymouth. But you joined in London, so you've been riding now for five days? Yeah, this is, this is I forget which day it is now. It's day six. Day six, okay. Uh, and this is the first time you've had uh, relatively poor weather because you've got some. Yeah. I mean, it's actually dried up now, yeah. but it, it, you've had some poor weather 
uh, today. Had, yeah, we've had a tailwind for yesterday, which was the long run from Harrogate was nearly 90 miles. So having a tailwind was fantastic. And it was overcast then, but other days we've had sunshine, which has been, been um, unseasonal perhaps, but nice. And how many people are doing the ride? Because it's obviously people are joining at each city and riding yeah. for a bit, like me, of course. Yeah. But how many are in the core group? So the people like you, where you're, you're doing it every day? Um, I think there's 30-something, 33 of us, I think, doing the core. And then there's often another 10 or so riders joining us each day. And uh, the, of the 33, you know, they, they, we come from all sorts of backgrounds, really. I guess all focused on children's health. Um, so there's therapists, there's uh, nurses and doctors, but there's also charity workers for the children's hospitals, there's managers, IT people, and and very importantly now a new a new breed we're seeing in the of, of professionals we're seeing coming into the NHS, which is sustainability officers, who really are educated and trained in trying to help us develop an NHS service which is. Um, hopefully going to become carbon neutral or even carbon negative now wouldn't that be a thing the nhs is a huge part of the uk and if that sector and that that working sector was actually carbon negative one day that would be a great example because we all know that that climate change is having such a big impact on and everybody's health uh, and that includes the nhs workers themselves so not just nhs workers arriving at work and, and tootling around in electric cars but you'd hope the sustainability officers are also saying walk more, cycle more. It's not just the, yeah. the pollution you've got to worry about, it's people's health. It's people's health as a whole. And so within an environment in the, in the, in the UK, you know, thinking about uh, our ability to cycle and walk to work is quite important. And we've learnt lessons as we've gone along up, up, the, up the country. And, you know, cycling from Lin- you know, through London, Oxford, Sheffield, Leeds, and now into Newcastle, it's quite apparent that cycle paths are not maintained. They're not joined up. There's, there's so many obstacles in crossing main roads, motorways, dual carriageways, and they're, they're, they're simply kind of cyclists, if you like, as second-class citizens. And therefore that puts people off. And it in, involves a little bit of risk and danger too. So if you're going to cycle through a city at the moment, you know, it's, it's, unless you know where you're going, there's a little bit of hazards in the way. But I think sustainability in the NHS is not just about cycling and getting to work. It's actually in the work environment. So that's the electricity we use. Uh, It's how we conserve energy. Um, But also how we bring uh, greenness into our environment. So there's a big movement about city farms now and a lot of hospitals are looking at kind of green areas within within them or next to them to help, uh, you know, uh, 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 grow fruit, vegetables, have pleasant places to come we also know that's really good for people's well-being as a whole not to be confined into brick walls all the time and there's lots of evidence to show that actually for patients whether it's kids or adults actually being in an environment where there are flowers there are trees is actually kind of quite important for them and of course you can then see green corridors coming through cities which is interesting I would say the other thing that, that I'd like to raise, because I've um, just been thinking a bit about it with some colleagues on this ride, which is one of the best things about this ride, you're speaking to people who've got different ideas and thoughts. Um, and one of the best things, that, that, or one of the most important things I've heard uh, that has really educated me is, is about education, really. And, of course, getting, bringing education into our, our children's lives about sustainability, um, they get it. In fact, they're probably teaching us, um, I must say, a thing or two. But across the world, there's still large amounts of children who are disenfranchised, who do not get good education. 
sadly, in large areas of the world, it's often the girls who struggle more than the boys to get a good education. Uh, we know that if kids get good educations, that actually systems, they can engage with systems and make them work. And particularly, we have to shout out for the girls. We need more girls across the world to be getting involved in education, being educated. Um, and that, I think, is where the power of change can come from. Power of change at COP26, how hopeful are you? Well, I think we now know, we've got the knowledge. There's a lot of people who now have a belief... I don't think it's wide enough in, in, the, in the UK, let alone across the world, and people really understanding uh, the problems we've got, but also that there's very positive solutions ahead of us. Um, am I optimistic? I'd be very honest and say no, because I don't think we've got that groundswell yet that we need. But, um, you know, turning a big tanker around takes time, they say, doesn't it? So I, I firmly believe if we can create the nudges that uh, will move in a direction that will be better and hopefully we can keep doing that each year. Now, my wife is a, uh, a cycling paediatrician, yeah. so that's how I already knew your name. So as yeah. soon as we were on the road there, because yeah. you very kindly dropped back when my electronics fell off and it was raining, it was horrible, and the riders went off and, and my bike was falling to bits, uh, you, you kindly dropped back there and then we were riding for a bit and then you said who you were. It's like, oh, right, OK. Yeah, I know Mike McKean. So I know Mike McKean is a keen cyclist, and my wife's told me that. So tell me a bit about how keen Mike McKean is. Not particularly. I'm a runner. No, 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 come on. I'm a runner, and, um, and of course, as you get older, you get bad knees. And uh, my knee surgeon said, you know, you've got to be careful now. Uh, so mixing it up um, has been my, what I've been doing for the last few years, personally. So I've been doing some triathlon, swimming and cycling. I cycle to and from work when I can. And probably should do it more, and I intend to do it more. Um, but that's from Tynemouth all to, the way into Newcastle, yeah. so that's that's a canny ride. And yeah. if you do it on the main road, it's not a very nice ride. It's not, a, not always very pleasant. But if I've got the right gear, I know where I'm going now. I know the routes. Actually, it does feel very safe now. So um, it's just me deciding to do it and making a, a, a change and making a mental shift that actually I can do it. By the time I actually if you're driving and queuing and parking it's actually probably just as quick mm. um, and you get a bit of fitness in um, do I enjoy I mean cycling and commuting don't always particularly enjoy it I enjoy a run but cycling out in the countryside has got to be one of the most pleasurable things I've learned over the last two three years and having you know and coming to a place like this at, at Cycle Art and, and, uh, and Giant in Prudhoe where they've got some serious bike uh, specialists who can get you kitted up but also measured so you can get on a comfortable bike you know so a lot of people associate bikes with discomfort and i used to i had an old bike that was a a, ro- a, a bone shaker i would describe it as uh, so it was never really a pleasure um, you get a good bike that's well set up it feels safer more comfortable and actually more enjoyable so the last few five days although being hard work i would say it's been a privilege and a pleasure actually and did you know anybody on the ride uh, yeah, before you started? Only, well, I, I, there's three, three colleagues, uh, two, two, two colleagues of mine and myself from Newcastle doing it. And, uh, but there's a load of uh, other people who are just cycling in now. Yes, we have people arriving just on queue. We missed you. How did you get there? We're fast. We're very oh fast. <laughs> I, assume, I assumed you were cycling ahead, so I just went the main road. <laughs> oh. I just yeah, came... It was a little bit... Uh, it was hairy It was a little times. bit hairy, so... But with two of us, I think it was OK. It was, yeah. So, Janet, you've only just uh, arrived uh, here 
after you left us a wee while ago and you had the microphone on and, and, and off you went and the microphone separated, fine. So we, I think we did, might have started talking. But anyway, tell us who you are, Janet. What's your name? Um, I'm Janet. Um, What's your second name, Janet? I'm Janet Poon. I work at Bosch. Uh, Which is the Great Ormond Street Hospital. Yes, okay. indeed. Okay. Um, in London. Um, I am an electronic paediatric pharmacist. Um, I work for the EPIC system, so I configure the pharmacy side of the A prescribing system at Great Ormond Street Hospital. Okay. And the bike you've got here, is that white one over there? Yeah, yes. the, with the pink handles. Yes. Now, how, how much of a... Because you've, you've obviously kept up with the group there, so you're doing pretty well. But how much riding have you done before in uh, this kind of, you know, fast roading? I... <laughs> Pretty much to none to zero because I commute to work. That's all. That's all the cycling experience I have. Um, in preparation for this, I did do one 100k like day ride um, to Whistable from London, like two weeks before this, and, and that's really it. And how have you found it? Um, it's been really fun, um, challenging at times, uh, but I'm really glad I'm in this group because I think everyone in this group is so elite and they've got so much experience and they just helped me through so much. They taught me how to go uphill, how to go downhill. <laughs> Uh, had to ride in the rain yeah. today. <laughs> We've had pretty good weather. Um, so I think the fourth day was the hilliest one. Yesterday was like the longest um, of distance of, the, of all the days. Uh, but all pretty good weather until today because we're getting close to Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's been really fun. And you didn't know people before or some people you did know? <laughs> you kind of you've joined here as a big group, but some of the people you didn't know... I didn't know anyone beforehand. Uh, we all met uh, briefly at a Zoom call, probably like three Zoom calls before the actual day. Um, Mark, the organiser, actually had to speak to one of my colleagues who checked that I was real. Because, he, you know, I've never met anyone before. <laughs> yeah. So why did you join? Why did you, how did you, well, how did you find out about it and why did you join? Uh, my colleague said, um, said colleague, um, Carlos, uh, said, oh, well, you know, Mark is going right into Glasgow. Do you want to join? I'm like, yeah, it sounds like fun. Why not? And then I found out um, the court, like you know, what they're doing, uh, which is obviously um, for air pollution. I thought that's such a great course, and I've learned a lot about not just cycling, but a lot about air pollution as well um, during this ride. Um, is that because you've got sustainability officers who are joining the ride? It's not just um, doctors and nurses, and you also have. Yeah, we have um, we have quite a few head of sustainability and different NHS trusts joining us, charity heads as well. But mostly because of the uh, pollution pods. Um, so we saw a pollution pod yesterday at um, the Royal Victoria, um, and it's a demonstration. So they have five in London and five in Glasgow, and they all represent like air quality of different cities. But in between, I think Birmingham, Newcastle, correct me if I'm wrong, and one other cities also have a just one pod, and that pod. That pot is like a future version of what our air would be like in 20 years' time if we don't do anything today. And it's quite eye-opening. Like, when you go into... It, even before you go into the pot, you can see the pot is very, like, polluted. So, and it, just even before getting to the pot, you can smell, like, neck and, like, ugh. Really nasty. So it's quite, you know, it's quite a wake-up call. So we've got to clean our air. Definitely. Not just for the planet, but also kids' lungs. In the future, yeah. everybody's lungs, not just kids, but everybody's lungs. Yeah, I mean, we were all, all adults were children once, and all children will become adults, so it's for everyone. Yeah. Um, and is that what you're hoping that the politicians, the world leaders, will, will take away from COP26? That look, there's a groundswell of support for this. 
come on, get your act into gear, do something real. Um, I, I'm just hoping the public, everyone will see this. It's not just you know about the leaders, but everyone doing their part. And as healthcare professionals, we have the closest contact with public. And very often it is us who will kind of miss the kind of passing on the baton and letting the children and the patients and the family know that how important air pollution is to their health. Um, even when Ella um, Ella died, um, so they, they, the family didn't realise how how severe how how the, severe, the severity and the velocity of air pollution impact their children, and unfortunately Ella passed away. So, so um, I'm Matthew Shaw. Um, I'm an orthopaedic surgeon by background, and uh, I'm the chief executive of Great Ormond Street. So you've been with the ride. From, from London. From, from London. So you started at Gosh, at Great Ormond Street, yeah? Yeah, indeed. And then we went to King's Cross to see the uh, pollution pods. Uh, met up all, all together as riders and then went to Oxford on day one. Right. Which and how glorious. many people were, were started off in London? Oh, I think there's about 40 of us. Every day there's around about 40. We have some core riders from all, all the hospitals that ride the whole event. Um, and then we have day riders... Um, they come and join us just for a stage. So the Evelina Hospital, they've decided to cycle their riders so that there's a couple that are doing the whole thing, but a lot of them come for one or two days, which is great. So this is basically the, the roadie group. So you've got a few different groups, and you're all kind of like named after trees. <laughs> That's right. Uh, which tree is this? Which group is this? Well, well I think terms? it's changed. I think it's Silky Oak. Uh, it was originally Silky Oak. Then it was Sequoia. Okay. Then it was... Uh, so I'm not sure what we are now. A hybrid is what I would say. So you're the fast roadies. Who have you got on your... Do you know who you're even riding with? Can yeah, yeah. Go? So we've got a pharmacist from uh, Great Ormond Street, some intensivists uh, from Glasgow, from Newcastle, a couple of riders from Sheffield, head of sustainability in Sheffield. Uh, Terry, who's the head of the Newcastle charity. She's a really keen cyclist. Yeah, so a really good spread of people. And then how long are you riding each day, roughly? Because obviously each group's going to be a bit different, but this, this group, the roadie group? Yeah, it's around about 100 and, 107 to 140 k a day. And it varies in height between kind of about 600, 700 metres uh, to about um, 1,500 metres, which is the biggest day. And have you always been a roadie? Yeah, I've never been into mountain biking that much. It's, uh, and I guess living in London, um, Regent's Park's relatively nearby. It's just a natural thing to do rather than, uh, you know, there's nowhere easy to mountain bike. So, yes, I've always uh, been into road bikes. And then riding into work also? <laughs> I've got a scooter, uh, a push scooter. Okay. Uh, so I haven't got a car. Uh, got rid of the car about three or four years ago i've got three kids 15 10 and 8 and it was just i just wasn't using the car so uh decided that time to go so uh yeah so scooter i use the electric scooters now that are in london where you can hire them mm -hmm. so uh which is great experience it's good and this ride you're doing here now it's 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 raising awareness of two things but mainly it's air pollution Yep. And getting, because it's all uh, paediatrics, it's kids' lungs. But that also links into the wider picture, which is why you're going to COP26, of, of climate change. Absolutely. And I think for most people, 
you know, if you, if you talk to NHS staff, nine out of ten staff will be really into this agenda, the whole climate change agenda. But I think the way into that, for many, is around health. Um, because I think people always look at the green agenda in a bit of a, it's a weird and wacky thing, rather than mainstream. I think it's becoming mainstream. But from a health perspective, I think everyone gets it. Um, and especially when you're monitoring levels of pollution outside your hospital, which is way above what they should be. So should the NHS be doing more on preventative medicine, you know, preventative stuff, rather than getting somebody into hospital and they're already yeah, well, of impacted? Course, yeah. Well, of course, the long-term plan suggests that prevention is going to be a real key pillar for that. The question is, is how do you catch up, recover, and deliver a prevention agenda at the same time? And that's the real challenge that we've got. But absolutely, prevention is at the forefront of that plan. It's just delivering it. And it can't just be health alone. It's got to be social care, it's got to be local government, and it's multifaceted in terms of exercise. Have you seen a difference? How long have you been in the NHS? Obviously, you came in as a surgeon, so it must be a good 20-odd years, I'm yeah. guessing. Yeah, 98, I think I qualified. So have you noticed much of a difference on the issues you're talking about today? Have they changed? So I think for the last five years, I think things have been slowly changing. And this year, last year, I've seen a real shift. Because I think staff's of COP26, awareness. you think? It's COP26. No, I don't like think that's a... the driver. I think people are, are naturally attracted to this agenda. I think mud guys, slow. Sorry, I'll just get down the mud first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the bumps. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Northumbrian roads, unfortunately, are quite bumpy. Car up. And lots of potholes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think in the last couple of years, I've seen quite a change. Steady. Uh, I've seen quite a change. Um, but I think that's driven by the people, the workforce, society. Um, and then I think the NHS has then started to legislate and regulate um, in relation to that. So we know that, you know, in time, our regulators are going to be looking at what our green plans are and we're going to be judged as a metric. And that's important because that will drive change and maybe change. And when this is handed in, when the letters and, and the, the, your, the ride finishes and you hand this in, yep. what do you expect to, to actually happen? Well, I think... You know, this, this action alone, this event can't achieve anything in isolation. Uh, but I think that this combined with many other things that are going on and really I think the public driving change in this agenda, I think our politicians will need to be more ambitious, need to be more upfront about it and prioritise the environment more. Um, it's not a choice anymore of is it the economy or the environment? It's, it's both. Um, and I hope that's the message which uh, will come forward. I left Matt and the roadies just before Corbridge and turned back for home, hoping that I'd bump into the final group on the road. And, dear listener, I did. They were stood, laughing and joking, on the corner of a quiet country lane, and I could see why they were always the last ones to get in at night, serenaded and cheered by the earlier groups. I'm Nathan Elliott. I am the actual cycle mechanic, helping, helping the teams get, get through the day. Get, Are you the non-medic, the then? I, I am the non-medic. Spoke, spoke shed. Spoke shed. You're meant spoke to say I'm the cycle mechanic from Spoke shed. Advertise yourself. <laughs> 
Yeah, but yes, but I've li- literally been helping space, helping everyone out with literally just the journey. So we started off in London, obviously going to Glasgow, and I've been the one like just helping out on the repairs on the way. So I I am the non-medic. He is the legend. Of, of, well, of say the that. You're the bicycle I, medic. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm the bicycle medic. Yes, you're the bicycle doctor. More first aid and resuscitation than anyone so far on this route. We've been good though. We've kept all the bikes going and everything, and everyone's got their hopes up in the best group by far this has been the best group for <laughs> morale morale and banter so it's been very very good so far okay you can see why we're the last one now, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're having the most fun uh, you've got red wine here is that what it is it's like there's no water in these water bottles there's red wine now I don't know how much to trust you because you said that rain is refreshing and you quite enjoyed it so but anyway who are you so I'm Alexandra I'm a pediatric immunologist from Great Ormond Street Hospital and um, I've been struggling on the hills, and so rain was refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've also been cycling from London, hopefully to Glasgow. Yes, and you're going to get to Carlisle today. Exactly. And uh, you, so this is the last group. This is was it Sequoia? Did you say Sequoia? No, Acacia. 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 Sorry, Acacia. So Acacia is the last group. You're obviously having the most fun yeah. uh, of the group. But that also means that you're getting in probably at 8 o'clock at night compared to people getting out at 4. Long days, but also I think when we've made it, the whole team, like it's a bigger group of people every night <laughs> cheering for us as we get in. So, we'd be yeah, a bit upset if one night they're not all there. They're all right. Where are you guys? We're so late, they've all gone for dinner. <laughs> that might be tonight. Yeah. Okay, thank you. And who have we got here drinking? I'm Finn. Hi, Finn. What's your second name, Finn? Craig, C R A R G. Okay, and, and that's Finn with one N. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you from? So and what do you do? Great Woman Street, Palliative Care Consultant. Okay, and do you normally cycle? Do you cycle to work? Yeah, I cycle to work. I cycle everywhere, but I don't cycle for fun. I cycle for transport. See, everybody I've talked to so far, all the doctors yeah. on the, the trip, uh, are, are saying roughly the same. So there must be an enormous no. amount of doctors at Matt, gosh riding. No, there's not. Well, there, no, there's, a, there's a fair number of people riding. I don't think it's doctors necessarily. Doctors. It's multi-professionals and probably more than... There's a heck of a lot of doctors that drive. So, and is that changing? I don't know. I think it across, needs to across the hospital there's a lot more cyclists, I think, since lockdown. Um, but I wouldn't say it's predominantly doctors. I would, and I would say if it is amongst doctors, it's probably the more uh, middle-grade junior staff Yeah, I was going to say junior doctors, even before yeah. the pandemic. Junior doctors were junior definitely doctors cycling. And, and all the allied professionals, much more so. I would say there's probably more physios, you think, cycling? We've got a good yeah. bunch of cyclists in our department, yeah. OK. Yeah. There's only two people in my team that cycle. Has, have you noticed a change, though, in the last, say, three, four years? If you've been riding in that long, have, do you um, see more people coming into work now on bikes? I, I don't know, because I, it's, that's hard to tell, because I lock my bike somewhere where most people don't lock their bikes. There, there are more people cycling into gosh yeah. in general. We yeah. know that. Um, uh, racks are used a lot more. We've got more racks. We're getting some data to show there's a few more people. But I'm not sure if they're all... Relative care, doctors, um, doctors mm-hmm. but, okay. but in general. So right now, now I've come to you. I'm, I'm out of sync here in the in the group. But so who are you? I'm Nick Martin. Okay, and what do you do now? Head of sustainability at Gosh. So See, I'm that's one of the other things that people have been telling me, and they've been impressed with. They're saying there's there's more and more sustainability officers 
in hospitals and that can only be a good thing because you're basically telling people to get on their bikes are you is that one of the things you tell people to do or advise them to do advise them i don't tell anyone anything <laughs> of course but <laughs> yeah i mean no people have made uh, made their own minds especially the pandemic is a very useful thing to avoid you know getting on trains and tubes when people were a little bit worried about what the consequences might be and when the traffic was less and the traffic and was less, less that was a good mm. gateway opportunity for people and, mm. and then we, we've set up a group. In fact, this ride came out of a little group we set up to support people to get themselves actively into work during the pandemic. And this, this whole idea came out of that. Our colleague Vince and then Mark Hayden, the, the intensivist, we took it from there. So that was all around um, helping people get into work and then what should we do with COP? And then let's ride there. That's it, literally. Uh, and look, we, I was going to show you, we have this really good app at Gosh called Cheer. Oops, which encourages sustainability. Do you get points for riding in, that yeah. sort of thing? You get yeah. points for everything. I'm, I'm mega on it. It should load up. So the hospital recently declared a climate health emergency. Mm-hmm. So we have a target to get to net zero by 2030 for all the emissions we can control, 2040 for the broader emissions. Things like that tie into mm-hmm. the ability for staff to take yeah, individual and this is, actions. And this is, a lot of us have got into this. So like, you report your actions every week, because today's Friday, it might be time. So I've been reporting more than 12 weeks but so i have to say my exercise i've exercised five days i've switched off my computer my monitor oh. my chargers my lights she the kitchen the equipment heaters and fans i don't have a printer now active travel can i say i commuted every day this week okay so i've commuted to and from oh look i've done you're gonna get loads of points this week i've done 10 miles five times this week yeah plastic pledge i've managed to stick to my plastic pledge i haven't gone meat free this week sadly because i've eating i haven't terracycled but i learned all about terracycling from this app i didn't know you could terracycle blister packs for medications so now we have you know when you you pop your pills out of one of these Right. Don't throw it in the bin. Bring it the best way. Bring it to Superdrug, and they there is a way of tetracycling it so they separate the foil from that. Yes, I, and I, that is recyclable. And you know, in a month at home, we've got an absolutely not month, in about three months, massive bag to be recycled. I didn't know about that, and people don't know about this. Have I used recups, reusable cups and bottles? Yes, every day this week. Have I had outside breaks? I think this counts as five days of outside breaks. My. I've done up to 70,000 steps. Ride for their lives. How many kilometres have you cycled this week? I'm going to say 90 plus, and that was just Easy. in a day. Yes, exactly, yes, yes. <laughs> and then I submit it, and hopefully that will go in. And then we have a leaderboard. I'm quite good at staying top of the leaderboard. <laughs> and if you win, if you're top of the leaderboard in a month, you get a £10 gift voucher oh. for a place of your choice. Well, no, there's a choice of three or four. Not getting them from the garden centre, are we, at the moment? I wanted some garden centre one. OK, we'll look at that. But then this <laughs> app shows how your personal well-being and mm. your you know, opportunities to contribute to the, to the environmental yeah. broader picture are integrally linked. Mm. So one. that's all nudge, nudge technology, basically. Well, People are then yeah. going, oh, I don't do that. I now know what terracycle is, I'll do it. Yeah, it's yeah, a sort of habit-forming totally, thing. Totally, totally, and it's become the norm in our family now, but, but only since getting this out from Gosh. And as you can see, I'm at the top of the leaderboard oh, at the moment. Oh dear. Uh, Vince is a real competitor of mine. I have to be quite yeah, careful. And Vin- Vince, see, I haven't even interviewed Vince, because he's been so far ahead. Vince, yeah. <laughs> thanks to all of the Ride for Their Lives riders, and thanks also to Joe Rogers and Climate Acceptance Studios for inviting me to join them. The ride website is at climateacceptancestudios.com forward slash ride for their lives. 
you could donate your riding miles to them via Strava or an email as they aim to collect as many miles as possible before they reach Glasgow. But meanwhile, get out there and ride.